You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk today about Christian values. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Father, make your word real to our hearts today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Christian values refers to a lifestyle followed by biblical teaching from both the Old and the New Testament, and teaching that is taught by Christians throughout the history of the church. What do you value most in life? What would you be willing to sacrifice everything for? God has a purpose and a plan for every one of us. And we must prioritize what matters most. In other words, we need to clarify our values. I want to deliver this message by asking three questions and answer them based on the Word of God. First of all, what do we base our Christian values on? I believe that Joshua 1 and 8 is a good starter here. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This book has been expanded now to 16 books, which contains the whole Word of God, the Bible. Here's what we know about this book. It is the inspired Word of God. We also know that it is profitable. It is educational. It is powerful. It is life-changing. It is a guide to us. As the psalmist says, 
a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It is purifying and it is truth. You can't have the word of God on your lips unless it's in your mind, in your heart. Meditation is the way that we digest the word of God. We think about what we have read. Then we pray, we talk to God about it. And then we ask ourselves a simple question, what does How does this apply to me in my life, in the choices that I make, in my situation? The more the word of God is in you, in your mind and in your heart and on your lips, the more likely you are to observe your your behavior and make sure that it conforms to the word of God. I'm more likely to obey it if I do that. What we value affects our life. It controls everything in our lives. When our values are unclear, there's confusion and conflict in our life. Our values control our success in life. Every time you make a decision, you're filtering it through that decision subconsciously through what you value in the Word of God. If we value the Word, it will lead us to a prosperous and successful life. A life that fits perfectly into God's plan and purpose for us. If our values reject God's word, even our perceived accomplishments will be far less than what God intended for us. You see, let me say again, God has a plan and a purpose for my life and for yours. But we can miss that plan and purpose. We can do things according to our own will and our own way of thinking and make a mess of it. We can even have a degree of success. But that success will be less than what God intended for us to have. Our values also affect our salvation. Jesus said that it's possible to be outwardly successful financially, socially, and every other way, and yet be spiritually bankrupt. And that is sad. When God has a plan and a purpose that is intended for us to be spiritually strong and healthy and effective in the family of God, Jesus asked this question in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange 
for his soul. Your values will affect the people around you. It will affect your family, your friends, and your co-workers. Bottom line, my values will bring blessing or harm to the people that I love. Thus Joshua declares before all of Israel, he said, you can do what you like. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was saying, I'm going to do everything I can to ensure that my life is going to affect my family in such a way that they too will want to follow the Lord. There is a way to apply wisdom in forming life values that will bring hope and blessing for you and the lives of those you touch along the way. The source of your values will determine the quality of your values. We get our values from a lot of different places, don't we? Parents, peers, magazines, books, music, videos, all kinds of media and social and society in general. We need to view everything through the prism of God's word. What does God's word say? There are a lot of good things out there. There's a lot of good information. But we need to line it up with God's word so that we are not going off in a direction that's going to be harmful to us and the people we love. The world has always had three basic values in life. Pleasure, possessions, and power. We live in a pleasure-obsessed society today. We are continuously buying things that we don't need. I'd say 99% of us are in that boat. For many people, self-worth is based on their net worth. We're very status conscious. We want people to look up to us, to think well of us. We want people to think that we're important and that we're successful. Everyone is alike. Pastors get together and we can be going through all kinds of Struggles and problems in our church. Another pastor says to the other one, how are things going in your church? Everything is great. Nobody wants to admit that things are not going so good. How's your marriage? Oh, it's fine. No problems there. Then the media so bombards us with these values, pleasure and possessions and prestige, that even Christians buy into it. We think like everybody else. 
that those are the ultimate values of life. When you leave the Word of God out of it, we're asking for failure, we're asking for trouble. We become less pleasure-seeking and materialistic in the world around us when we allow God's Word to take control. Such values ignore the real purpose for which God prospers His people. We are blessed to be a blessing. Oh, if the church of Jesus Christ could only get that down. We hear it. We know it in our mind, but in our heart, it hasn't sunk in. I am blessed to be a blessing. And the more I desire to bless others, the more God will bless me, so my desire will be met. Because he loves to give us the desires of our heart that are according to his word and according to his plan and his purpose. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way to get the mind of Christ is to read the word of God. There you'll find, there you'll understand who God is and what he's like and what his temperament is, all of these things. The message puts Romans 12 to this way. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Secondly, what is most important to me? What is most important to you? We rarely think about our values until we have a crisis. When everything's going great, you don't stop to think, to ask the tough questions. We usually wait until there's a crisis in our lives. Bankruptcy, divorce, a major illness or a death of a loved one. All of a sudden, we're, we start asking questions like, what am I here for? Or what really is the purpose of life? And How is my life and my actions affecting my family and my future? Knowing what you value is so important that we all need to do something about it. I would suggest that we would take time to write out what is important to us. What is it that you desire for your life, for your family, your children? What is your definition of success? Does your definition agree with what the Bible teaches about success? If you find that you are presently in conflict with what the Bible says, are you willing to change? 
And that's where a lot of people fall down. They're not willing to change. They know that they're doing wrong. They know that they're taking a wrong path. But it's something like, The old saying, it'll never happen to me. I'm strong enough to resist it. But God knows best. This is important because if you don't come up with a personal definition of success according to God's word, other people will define it for you. My idea of success must be in agreement with God's word. In order to be truly successful, as God deems it in his word. If what I believe is different from God's word, what God's word teaches, it's a recipe for failure. God cannot fulfill his plan and purpose in my life or yours any other way than going the way of his word. Let me say that again. God cannot fulfill his plan and his purpose in your life or in my life unless we adhere to his written word. There's no other way. Based on this fact, the Bible says this concerning Moses. In Hebrews chapter 11, 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Sin may be fun for a while, but the pleasure of sin will not last. I remember when I was a boy, just about everyone, we used to have testimonies in every service. And so you'd have 10, 15 sometimes 20 people standing up and giving a testimony. And that was, that was long services. All of this you went through before the pastor even got a chance to preach. And some of those testimonies were sermons in themselves. But almost without fail, everyone that gave a testimony, they would have something like this. I was in sin. I wasn't enjoying myself. I didn't enjoy the life that I was living. Then I came to Jesus. Now everything is different. It gave the impression that sin, there was no pleasure in sin. And so the guy who is living it up in the world, comes into church. And he wonders what world those people came from. I had a ball last night. I really had fun last night. And the truth is, if we would be truthful, 
We enjoyed ourselves in the world. We enjoyed the pleasures of sin. But the Bible says that those pleasures do not last. If you keep on that track sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. It only lasts for a season. Possessions aren't going to last either. We live like everything, if it's going well, it's going to go on like this forever. 1 Timothy 6 and 7 says, We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. We need to be looking at eternity. What will we have to take with us into the next life? You can't take your silver and your gold. You can't take your nice shiny motorcycle or your four-wheel drive or your quad. All of these things will be left behind for someone else to use and abuse. What are you laying up in heaven? Jesus said, lay up treasures in heaven where, the, where it do not rust and the moth don't destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. Folks, some of you young gaffers, you think, well, I got a lot of life ahead of me yet. You may not live to reach my age, but if you do and live a little longer, I want you to know that I remember my childhood days as if it was yesterday. This is where we prepare for eternity. Life is short. The Bible says it's like a vapor. But eternity is forever. First Timothy 6 and 7 says we brought nothing into this world and certainly we cannot take anything out. First John 2.17 says the world is passing away. And the values of the world are passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. We live forever. Jesus clarified this answer to two brothers who were quarreling over their family inheritance. Their father had died, and now they were they had the inheritance and there was a squabble over it. And Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. He followed up with a parable of a, a foolish rich man and ended with Luke chapter 12, verses 20 and 21. 
Verse 20 says, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Thirdly, what necessary adjustments do we need to make in our lives? If you really want to build a Christian value-based life, you need to make sure that these principles are applied to every area of your life. Stop doing what isn't important in life so that you've got time and energy to, for the things that do count. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You know, once we were classified as Gentiles. But if you are born again, you're not in that classification anymore. Amen? You're a child of God. You've been adopted into the family of God. Stop going along with the mindless crowd. That's no life for you. That's not what God has planned for you. You're his child. You're a king's kid. You don't need to identify yourself with paupers anymore. Take on an entirely new way of life, a life that God has fashioned for you, renewed from the inside out. Oh, that's the beautiful thing about being a born-again believer. It starts on the inside. For some of you, it may be right after you've given your heart to the Lord, you still use filthy language. All of a sudden, you realize, hey, I don't like to say those words anymore. And you stop cussing. Some of the things that you'd like to do with the gang. You needed a night out with the boys. You find, hey, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to spend more time with my lovely wife or my handsome husband. I want to spend more time with my children. And the list goes on and on. It starts on the inside and it begins to show on the outside. Maybe you're thinking, I'd like to change, but I don't, I don't have the energy. I don't have the power. I don't have the strength or the wisdom to do it. Well, that's why you need God in your life. There's not one person who has a changed life in this room that could do it on their own. 
We needed God. That's why Jesus died. Because we could never measure up to what God required of us. He died to, so that we would accept him into our life so he could live his life through us. You need Jesus Christ. He's the one that gives you power to change. Power to do what he wants you to do. You can't do this on your own. You need God's power. Philippians 4, 31, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the key. Please don't wait until it's too late to start looking at where the values that you've been living by are taking you. Make the Bible your source your chart, your compass. Clarify what's important and make the necessary adjustments. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And with this I'm concluding today. John Newton is remembered for his great hymn that's been sung down through the ages and still is popular today. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. In his later years, it is said that he often lost his memory while preaching. He said, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things. I was a great sinner, and Jesus is a great Savior. You may forget to do many things, but don't forget to follow God's priorities in your life. There's an old song that we used to sing way back. I won't tell you how far back, but way back. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him along life's narrow road? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with you. Chorus goes, his power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see it's true. It's best for him to have his way with you. Would you have him make you free and follow at his call? Would you know the peace that comes by giving all? Would you have him save you so that you need never fall? Let him have his way with you. 
good Christian values enables us to be salt and light in this world, in our generation. This in turn will help people see Jesus in us. It's not easy, but it's right. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today that your word will never return to you void. It will accomplish that which you purpose. Holy Spirit, do your work. Let there be open hearts and open minds to receive from your bountiful supply. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.